sit back, turn the ship over to your Kovas, and relax. We're turning on flight assist. 07 Commanders, and welcome in. My name is Commander Mal for the win, and with me, as always, is Commander Psykit. 07 Commanders. If it's your first time listening, we are so glad that you found us. Every week on the Flight Assist Podcast, we talk to a different commander or organization. We find out a little bit about them, what they're up to in game, and we talk about the things we love about Elite Dangerous and its amazing community. Before we start today, we just want to say thanks for being here, because this podcast would not be possible without the support of listeners like you. I'm really excited about today because we. I don't get to talk to this person very often, so I'm really looking forward to having a chat with him. Who have we got on the show? Ladies and gentlemen, this week we have none other than Commander Grinning Crow on the podcast. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I don't get to hang out in Grinning Crow's streams. He is is another streamer. I don't get to hang out in his streams very often due to the fact that he streams at a time when I definitely should be in bed, not the... You really should be in bed by now. It's you definitely should be in bed at this time. So I unfortunately don't get to catch him very often, yeah. but the stuff that I do catch um has made me want to talk to him more. Oh my gosh, yeah. He he's doing with his stream what I originally intended to do with mine, um, which was sort of focus on lore, um, which is why dogs of lore, and he does it so well and gets his community so involved in it and so excited about it. It's, it's, it's really like, I don't want to step into that realm anymore. Mm. Like he's, he's so good at it and he makes it so appealing. So, um, I think if dogs of Lord do any lore stuff, we're going to do it as an extension of grinning crow. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I'm sure that we are going to talk about lore pretty extensively throughout the next, um, the next bit of time when we're having a conversation, but I, I (laughs) must admit my, Law knowledge is pretty hazy at best. Yeah. So um I'm very much looking forward to finding out what he has to say. Yeah. And especially if he's got any recommendations for me of where to start. Yes. Because yes. I am clueless right now. <laughs> yep. Well, let's ask him. Let's find out. Hi, Crow. Welcome on to the show. How are you doing? It's a Hi, grinning crow. Hi, Hi, Mal. Long-time listener, man? first-time caller. <laughs> excellent, <well>. excellent. <laughs> glad to, to uh, finally make it out here. I'm glad our, all our schedules lined up so that we could do this. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, for those of you who don't, for those of the, let's let's try that again, shall we? Take two. Um for the folks out there who might not be familiar with you, um, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like um, your, you know, your commander name, um, if you do any content creation, how long you've been playing the game, just like some basics of the Grinning Crow. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm Grinning Crow. Uh, my commander name is Paul Ward. Uh, I am a, a content creator on Twitch, and probably about the time that this airs, you should expect to see some content on YouTube as well. Uh, I've been playing since, I think, about February of this year. Um, just kind of hit it hot and heavy. Uh, been really enjoying it ever since. Just digging into the uh, kind of the esoteric stuff of uh, of the game. What was it about 
um, about Elite that made you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick that up back in February? Uh, this is kind of a controversial answer, um, but <laughs> I wanted to play Star Citizen. Okay. Uh, we I can edit that out and post. I wanted to play Star Citizen, um, but the game's incomplete. Uh, I started looking around and I remembered, hey, I remember about two years ago or two years after uh, Star Citizen went into Kickstarter, there was this other game, but I kind of I kind of passed it over. So I started poking around and looking at it. And I remembered seeing a video about the uh, encountering the Thargoids for the first time and a couple other things. And then I started hanging around on uh, on Twitch and watching some of the community and just listening. And I, I don't know, I just kind of it looked like a cool game. Mm-hmm. The flight mechanics looked interesting uh, enough to jump in. I started playing in the tutorial for a little while. Then one thing led to another and I was just kind of hooked. <laughs> nice. Nice. Do you remember anything at all? Did you remember about like the first time you got the da- game downloaded and you logged in and it was your first time in the cockpit? What was that experience like? Oh, it was a nightmare. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've always been a big fan of, of flight sim uh, games, mm-hmm. specifically space games, all the way back to, to Wing Commander with my father. Um, so I knew when I came back into this that I wanted to do it right. So I bought the sticks. I bought the whole setup. But I was having just the, the hardest time uh, getting the controls to work for me. So right. I spent probably a week just trying and trying and trying over again just to get the ship to move around uh, right <laughs> Uh, it was it was so frustrating, but once I was able to to actually get thrust and and control and movement down, um, I probably did just the just the licensing uh, tutorial mission, right? I kept delete uh, I deleted a character um, and then built a new one, and then I realized that you could just do the tutorials. <laughs> uh, but I probably did that one like I don't know like ten times. I had so much fun doing uh, doing a little obstacle course uh, through the yes. Uh, uh, through the station. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things they've put into the game is that, that ring gate setup of mm-hmm. like flying through that, uh, that installation. Never, back in my day, we never had that. Um, when I was a young commander, we didn't have any <laughs> of those fancy gates. <laughs> those of you who now get all of this, no, it's, it's really great. Um, so you, you started off with a, with a hotess because of your, um, your flight sim history i'm guessing uh yeah like i said i i played a lot of games back when i was a kid that used a a hotus uh Mm -hmm. i when i was getting into uh these games the second time around i i saw the the hostess and the hostess sat uh, hand on stick hand on hand on stick and stick hand on stick and stick and throttle terrible nomenclature right Uh, setups and somebody kind of broke it down to me like how the movement worked and it just it made more sense than trying to do a hotus configuration and replicate atmospheric flight because we're, we're not atmospheric right. pilots right we're we're starship commanders yeah yep um and i've i've just i've loved it ever since i cannot i cannot think of of flying any other way at this point really that's so cool that's yeah. so cool. I'd love to give that a go and see see how it how it worked and how it came to fruition with the the, the two states. <laughs> yeah. It it takes a little bit of adjustment, but mm-hmm. honestly, like once you make that it past probably the first week mark, it's it's completely second nature. 
even yeah. in, in situations where my uh, my left throttle doesn't necessarily work like super cruise, I still maneuver as if I'm maneuvering in in regular space flight. Yep. Yeah, uh, I, with it, I gave which is the, kind of fun. I gave the dual sticks a try. I just I couldn't. The, the the reason I couldn't do dual sticks is because having a Thrustmaster stick and a Logitech stick, the feel between the two sticks was so different. Very it different, was, yes. It was throwing me <laughs> off. And I, I'm like, okay, well, one day, one day we'll buy matching left and right sticks and then it'll be okay. Uh, I was fortunate and bought matching left and right sticks off the bat. So uh, that's awesome. I can only imagine having uh, unmatched sticks. I really wanted the X-52s. There's no left-handed X-52. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That would be, I feel like that's a missed opportunity by Logitech there is to make a left-handed X-52 and X-56 stick because I would buy it. <laughs> I've heard rumors that back in the day there was a left-handed stick, but they've always been more focused on the atmospheric flight. Yeah. Uh, set yep. Very than true. they have been on space flight. And it's really probably the last, four or five years that space flights kind of taken off and become popular again with games like elite star citizen um ever space there's a couple of others that are in development right now so i think right. we'll start seeing the mainstream uh producers for these kind of peripherals maybe take over um but in the meantime we have you know companies like dkb and verbal who produce very high-end enthusiast grade yeah. sticks and they're very happy to make a left-handed stick for us yes yes they are and and they're they're happy to let us know how much those cost and yes. <laughs> uh, what the back order time is because so many pe- people want them. But I'm okay with that. Um, I'm, because it's, they I think are it's worth good the sticks. Yeah, they are the really weight. really good sticks. Everyone I've talked to who has one has been like, oh yeah, it's like even even compared to a warthog, there's a noticeable difference. It might not be as great as it is if you're going from like, uh sidewinder stick to uh verbal but it's still there you can still feel it the the biggest thing for me having just taken apart one of my sticks to perform maintenance on it is that the verbal and vkb sticks are designed for that kind of that kind of labor uh so they are very easy to take apart they're designed to unplug the various wires from everything so you can take everything apart clean it re-lubricate it and then put it back together Whereas like the X-52s, the T-16,000Ms, what have you, all kind of, you take it apart and then you're carefully balancing different pieces to make sure that no leads come on unsoldered. It's just nerve wracking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I like it. Now, now I have to go like online window shopping and look at sticks <laughs> again and they'd be like, babe, how much do you enjoy eating? I'm just curious. <laughs> can, can we do ramen for a month? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, you had mentioned uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Commander Paul Ward. So how, where did that name come from? And uh, and where did where did Grinning Crow come from? Ooh, is, the, excellent is there a questions. similar path or a divergence or so Grinning Crow came about uh, when the Xbox one uh, first came out. Uh, you had okay. to create an online profile. You needed a name. I didn't really like the username that I was using at the time. Uh, so I just hit the random assign me a name button. We just kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it until we got something. Uh, and it popped up and it was uh, Grinning Crow. Um, <gasps> I was talking to my friend at the time and I was like, that's a great name. That <laughs> name is awesome. It sounds ominous as hell. Uh, but it's actually like, it just, it sounds right. 
And yeah. so in some shape, form or fashion since then, it's always been my username uh, when it comes to gaming. Uh, it's been a grinning crow, grinning dot crow, grinning dash crow, like all the variations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's always been my my name, Paul Ward. Um, I use Paul as a first name in a lot of uh, a lot of different games, tabletop RPGs, um, actually mostly RPGs. Uh, I've used Paul in some shape, form, or fashion. When I was going to start playing in uh, Elite, playing in Star Citizen, playing in a couple of other games, and focusing on kind of the role play aspects of of those simulations, um, I wanted a name that sounded right, not, you know, Paul Silversmith or, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted something that sounded right. It didn't necessarily sound like a great big hero, but in the correct context, it could have significant meaning. So I started gotcha. kind of poking around and, um, I'm a big Battletech fan as well. And yes. uh, in Battletech, I, I, you know, I, I like the clans, uh, specifically Clan Wolf. And I was looking through the, the last names for the, the different blood names. And one of the names was Ward. And I just kind of started playing around with it. And it's like Paul Ward, Paul Ward, wrote it up on a wall, uh, you know, looked at it, just kind of like ran it over. And uh, it just resonated. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. well with me. So that's that's the name I use. I, I use it in other games as well. So you can find Paul Ward in this sort of continuing multiverse. Interesting. I, love I like that. that. I like the phrasing continuing multiverse. I really like that actually. Thank you. It just that. came off the top of my head. <laughs> Quick, that's, submit that's, the submit the IP paperwork for that immediately. That's so I I love the I, I love this image of um you crow sort of like staring at Paul Ward on a wall and going, hmm. Yeah. Yes, what different kinds of day I love it. I love it so much. What different kinds of names can we get from it? And that kind of thing. That's really cool. I do a lot of that, actually. Yeah. Uh, I do a lot of staring at, at, uh, at walls, both in my, in my professional <laughs> life. And also, uh, it seems like in my elite life, just uh, write something up, take a look at it, just kind of keep mulling it over until I either discard it or, you know, we keep working with it. I love to whiteboard uh, for work. It's, it's a great, it's a great creative process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so it it's, really is. I regret that I don't have more than a mirror right now at the house to write on uh, because sometimes it's just easier to explain things with a, with a whiteboard, but I do it all the time. Uh, notes, just random things have, have words or, or phrases on them that I'm mulling over. Nice. Hmm. Do you, um, do you align yourself with a squadron or a minor faction in game at all? Um, about the time that this is this coming out, uh, we will ha- I will have a squadron uh, uh, founded. We're in the process of actually uh, voting on names at the moment. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting way of doing it. There are other people who are involved that also have strong personalities, and I wanted to make sure that everybody got a voice that was heard uh, in the creation of it, right? Because it's a community. It's not just, uh, just my ego project. Right. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, we have a squadron uh, coming into being. It's based off of the old Victorian exploration societies. Um, nice. So like the Long Riders Guild, mm-hmm. uh, the Royal Exploration Society, those kinds of things. Uh, but taking that and translating it into uh, the year 3306. Um, so we're, we're working on getting a name right now. We're focused on exploration and um, lore, kind of, kind of like modern adventurers, if you will. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I like the idea of like kind of looking to the past to get inspiration for the future. Um, because I feel like at the time 
the the Victorian like expedition era was happening, there was a great interest in exactly how big is the world. Yeah. You know, what can we find? What's out there? What have we not seen yet? And that would be the same thing you'd feel in the 3300s is this yeah, is it's a, a great big galaxy. Universe. Yeah. It's a, what do we see? What can we see out there? What can we learn? What do we not know yet? So it makes sense that there would be a rekindling of that. That's a really, really cool idea. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of fun. Um, it lets people have a community to do that in um, and specifically like role play as part of it. Right. Um, but still go out and do their own independent things, their own research, their own chase, their own theories down and then have somewhere to come back and talk about it. Uh, yep. We're not doing any of the BGS or, or actually the minor faction stuff uh, to help kind of reinforce that idea. Nominally it's based out of my fleet carrier. So it's this constant nice. moving uh, facility. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's something they didn't get in the uh, Victorian era. Is a yeah, absolutely giant mobile base of operations <laughs> that could bring fire, all their yeah. stuff along. <laughs> but I just want to keep. I just kind of want to keep that same sense of wonder going the entire time. What is out there? What can we find? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we we talk about anachronisms in in writing uh, in theater, right? where you take a modern thing and bring it backwards, but an anachronism could be the other way around. You take an old thing and bring it forwards. Yep. Sorry. That's a little artsy fartsy, but. Oh no, no, no. I'm I'm down for it. You were preaching to the choir right now. You are in the correct. You have found the correct audience for this sort of discussion. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. (laughs) Definitely good stuff. Um, So I I would, um, I would imagine I'm going to, and this is pure speculation here. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably, uh, you probably have to do. Um, it sounds like you do a, con- a a good amount of research that you don't just like jump in and, and say, I'm just going to willy nilly kind of make this happen. You actually, you have a thought process and a creative process that you go through as you're, as you're putting things together, both for stream and just for your enjoyment in game. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah, I actually do a lot of a lot of consideration and, and thinking and a lot of off screen uh, off screen prep work. Uh, the hardest part for me in regards to that is I do a lot of research to find out where and kind of what a thing is, but not right. necessarily to completely understand it. I do a lot of in my Twitch streams. I do a lot of first impressions uh, with the lore. Uh, gotcha. It's the thing that I get to share with the community. You know, me experiencing this a lot of the time them experiencing it for the first time and then we come together and start kind of theorizing what could it mean you know how does this fit in with everything else that we know so far right um, and so it's been a, it's been that's been a lot of fun um i'm starting to veer away from the things that have already been found uh, partially because we're running out of it partially because there are tons of other wonderful content creators who are also covering that and mm-hmm. i'd love for them to do that and starting to kind of go off on my own theories We've built kind yeah. of the baseline, uh, a baseline understanding of the universe uh, through these exploration tours. And I've started to develop and notice things and start chasing those down. That's kind of been the hard part is chasing those down and engaging the community with it. Right. Uh, because it's a lot of staring into space and listening for sounds kind of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and that can, that's not necessarily always the most engaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it would be a tough balance to strike to to 
you know, make it make it interesting enough from an outside perspective that it it still feels exciting and um and entertaining, but at the same time there is a certain amount of uh you know thinking about uh, Indiana Jones, you know, 90% of archaeology does not happen in the field. It happens in the library. So like (laughs) that's, it's not, if you're here to like to get chased by the bad guys and, you know, pick up the idol off of the thing, like that's 5% of your work. (laughs) Exactly. That's, that's maybe two hours of, you know, or not even it's, it's six hours of flying out somewhere to go test a theory that might take me 10 minutes. It might take me yeah. another two hours <laughs> and then six hours of flying back real time, uh, right. uh, back to, uh, back to base to, to mull it over. A lot of the time, those are it, dead ends, you know, I'll yeah. find something, but it's not what I was looking for or right. maybe it is what I'm looking for and I'm just not looking at it the right way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or it or it doesn't lead you. If it, it would be analogous, I guess to I'm going to find a door. I have a key. I'm going to find a door, and you go out there and you find the door. It's just when you open it, it doesn't take you at all where you wanted to go. So you need to go find a new key and a new door. Um. Right, uh, or the the famous scene from um, Indiana Jones with the staff of Ra. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> Make it three cubits high, but then reduce it by blah in honor of uh, the Hebrew yeah. god. They're digging yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's exactly that same feeling. <laughs> nice. When you're when that's you're doing stuff. your research, and um, before you like the off off screen mm-hmm. sort of research that doesn't involve being sort of in game, are there any? Is there any are there any sort of websites that you would gravitate to to do that research? Would you say? Uh, outside of the codex, because there's a wonderful amount of information in the codex in and yeah. of itself. Yeah. Uh, Canon Research has a pretty decent site wealth of information treasure trove of information to go and find things the problem with going there sometimes is that they have everything especially when you're looking at uh, you know established and known plot lines in the lore mm. gotcha. um, things that have have already been explored like the uh, the inra sites so wonderful series of stories but we know how that story goes um right. Except that I didn't at the time that I was starting. So I, I found <laughs> enough to know where to go, kind of what to expect, but not what was there. I'm still, gotcha. um, at the moment, um, I'm still really blind on the inner stuff. And I am desperate Me to get too. out there and see everything and, and find <laughs> out everything too. that was going on. The inner sites and the attacked, uh, the attacked settlements in the Pleiades are two very interesting storylines. And depending on which one you approach first, will definitely change your opinion on the Thargoid War. Really? Yep. I'm I, I 100% believe that. Uh, I went the Inra route first and uh, felt <laughs> really, really bad for uh, for the Thargoids. And then you go to the Pleiades and you see like just the weird things that they were up to uh, in regards to coming back to uh, coming back and dealing with humanity. And, you know, you go out and see this wrecked Federation battle fleet, uh, those kinds of things. Just like, oh, my God, these guys are horrifyingly powerful. What, mm. what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely oh, look forward to it. Yeah, uh, that's... Uh, Canon's no, a, a wonderful research. Uh, EDSM, a uh, research tool. EDSM is actually a surprisingly good tool. Not surprisingly good tool. It's a wonderful tool. Uh, I definitely look through a lot of the uh, the stars um, around where I'm I'm looking for if I'm looking for something uh, to see if people have been there, when they were there, possibly what was there uh, helps with a lot of the theories. 
not everything's there. Not everyone uses uh, uh, plugins for EDSM. There's a lot of console players who can't. Um, but it does give me kind of a, a baseline uh, when looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so thinking about um, thinking about tools like EDSM that aren't necessarily web or uh, EDMC that aren't necessarily websites. Is there is there anything else you use apart from EDMC when you're playing? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I, I use EDMC. I use the Canon plugin. Uh, I use the Spanch plugin if I'm trying to get somewhere quickly. Um, I'm sure there's another plugin that I'm I'm missing. I just recently <laughs> downloaded ED Discovery. Uh, I'm having some difficulty getting up and running, but I just need to spend more time uh, toying around with it. It's a really cool tool. Um, yeah, I just need to I'm, find. I'm a at way the same to... point in my ED Discovery journey that you <laughs> are. So, same, man. totally the same. Probably maybe four or five steps backwards because I just I'm real, I'm, I, I think I, I, I see other people using it, and I see other people getting these beautiful beautiful displays yeah. and stuff up i suppose ed discovery it's my ed engineer <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah ed engineer is not a tool that i've used i i've heard it's of it fine. Uh, i won't hold it against you too much <laughs> i don't do a ton of engineering actually yeah, um yeah up until recently up until i was trying to get out to uh the zarara i've mostly been flying a a stock uh crate phantom one of the reasons for that was oh, to nice. show new players that you don't have to go through these crazy hour long, you know, hours and hours of, of grinding and, and other things to get into the lore. You can just yeah. pick up a ship and fly. Now the Zerara is at the very edge of the galaxy and that one's kind of hard to get to if you don't have yeah. a, a bit of more of a, of a hopping ship. But it's so nice. It's so cool. It really is a good trip. It's a trip worth making, I think. I yeah, I got really close. Time. I got really close. I think I was like 500, 600 light years out from it and then realized that if I wanted to do it the way I was doing it, I needed to go about 15,000 15, light years uh, sideways. And I was doing that as part of a, a bigger trip. I had flown out to uh, Hawk and Scap, from Hawk and Scap to Conflux, from Conflux to the Formidine Rift, and from Formidine Rift out to the Zerara. Uh, that's gotcha. about 40, 50,000 light years of traveling. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was so tired at that point. I was like, okay, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've wrecked my ship. I've lost uh, 30,000 light years of, of flight data. Uh, I need to get back to the bubble and, and just kind of clear my head before I, I try and make this trip back out. Yeah. So one day yeah, I'll make it out sense. to the Zerara. That makes sense. Um, uh, where were we? It's all good. I lost my place. <laughs> it's all good. I was, I was just like, my brain lost. is a little bit I was fried. Lost in listening to you, you talk about the law then, because it's so ill, or like your journey and where you go, because you can tell how passionate you are about <laughs> law and about like finding all of this bit of information and about the stories that are being told throughout this game, which I think, yeah. um, I yeah. think there were a lot of people. Um, that you say or you blaze your own trail there's no real story to the game you're not progressing through it but there are these pockets of beautiful magnificent storytelling that runs throughout this game um, that's a good yeah. way to put it yeah a, it's a very um, beautiful way of putting it a um case in point my sister has just started mm -hmm. playing elite after um, umpteen years of me watching me play it. Um, she has just started playing Elite, and um, 
myself and Kramer mentioned to her, okay, um, Katie, you can you can go and you can listen to these beautifully voice acted pieces. Um, it helps if you know how to land on a planet. And we sent her to Jameson's <laughs> crash site. So the first bit of oh, storytelling law that Katie discovered was landing at Jameson's crash site and. Um, we were we were like in a discord call together like we often are and she went mm-hmm. really really quiet and she just messaged me and she's like can't talk right now how how, oh. how have i only just learned that this is in the game these kind of um, like emotions and stuff are in the game <laughs> i was like yeah oh you've touched Surprise. the tip of the iceberg it is, <laughs> there is so I feel much like, beauty i feel like jameson's crash site and daz hope are the first two pieces of story lore that you uh you really get in the game yeah and a lot of people just kind of brush yeah. over it yeah jameson's yeah. crash I, site is actually the end of a story that. yeah so yeah say? uh jameson's crash site is actually the end of a story yeah yeah um, not the beginning not, yeah, and not, not, a, the and beginning. not a standalone <sighs> no uh, it's, it's yeah, a, a wonderful set of, of of stories the other fun thing about uh jameson's crash site that a lot of people don't realize is the next moon over is another piece of that story. It's a, a site called Stack or the Stack, um, and it's it is a messed up story. Um, like the what happens with you know not to get into spoilers or anything, but what happens with Commander Jameson is only the tip of the iceberg of, of mm. the messed up things that humanity has done. Um, right, which is one of the things that's actually kind of um, neat in the storytelling of Elite is these stories are not not always stories of like great acts of heroism and yeah. and defeating yeah. you know defeating the monster they're very human stories yes um there's yeah. stories of greed and betrayal there's stories of madness um there's stories of hope um but they're all very real stories you know 3306 is is kind of a dark place to be yeah, uh, yeah. in elite and it's it feels real um that's one of the things that i like it, you know it's, it's a simulation but everything in the simulation feels right it feels like it's supposed to be there yeah um as commanders we're not the big heroes in the story i am just paul ward you know intergalactic adventurer or something um who's stumbling across something that is greater than he is yeah that's a beautiful way of putting it 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 is really is Um, we we are incidental it but you become very aware yeah. of how incidental you are because the, these stories these things that happen they will continue they will happen and you you are there you can you can control sections you can tr- control bits of it like with the Golconda, right. for example you can con- you, yeah. we, we had a big time of like trying to decide which way we were going to control this and it was like a big de- it was essentially a decision that commanders made but then at the at the end of the day, there are other things that we we don't have that control over, but it does not stop them being any more engaging. The Golconda yeah. incident uh, wrapped up right around the same time that I was I was getting interested in uh, in Elite. It was actually one of the things that helped push me towards it. Really? Um, yeah, it was a thing that somebody that had been found. Uh, it had been seeded years beforehand uh, into the yeah. game, but somebody found it. They turned it into a thing. It became this big you know, community wide event, which way are we going to go with it? What are we going to do? There was a resolution to the story and the players got to help in that. Uh, like you said before, kind of incidentally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it was one of the first things that I actually, um, 
fully like and I'd been playing the game for for years before then but this was the first thing that I was like oh I I can fully become a part of this so I I'm yeah. while I'm not while I'm not the one person that is making that decision there's a there's a couple of instances there was the the going up to Jameson CG where um the best factions managed to get like names and um and yeah. systems out in Colonia that is that is just awesome in itself and I'm so proud of my faction for everything that we managed to achieve with that but i was only just joining the game when that sort of when that was sort of happening but to be able to be a my time became a vote as to what was going to happen i thought that was beautiful and such a really good really good example so it is obvious that law is your your favorite part of elite and the favorite thing <laughs> that you that you love there, there was no denying of that what about with um what do you what do you feel that you're best at in elite what's your forte uh failing my forte okay. is failing okay that's fine uh as i like to joke often um the, the big thing that i do do in elite is i kind of flail about the uh galaxy trying to figure things out um i guess i guess my forte would be noticing noticing things uh the significance of something Mm -hmm. um there are a couple of leads that i'm chasing up right now that may be significant they may not be but that's that's the the kind of stuff that becomes groundbreaking you know discoveries like the golconda uh, right or finding right. you know finding the the conflux and the zarara and all of these other things it's hey i noticed something's kind of a little off let me go take a look at it mm-hmm. so no big discoveries yet but i think that's that's my forte um if it's not that then it's it's being able to to shake things off uh, case in point you know, I did that that long trip. I made it to Forma Nine. I made it to the last site uh, in the Forma Nine Rift story, mm-hmm. and uh, smashed into into the planet. Just wasn't was kind of tired. Wasn't paying attention. Squirrel. You know, <laughs> streamer brain, right? Um, yes. Smashed. Yes. Lost so much, so much uh-huh. data. Um, but I was able to shake it off. You know, I had the codex entries, and that's the part that matters the most to me. If I lost those, I would right. be devastated. Right. The rest of it's just money. I mean, it would have been nice to get my name in a couple of worlds. I did have some first maps um, and some first discoveries, but I can do it again. Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And and that's that's some that's actually something we that I don't think we've had anyone say yet is um talking talking about a, a you know a personal attribute as. Um, as being a legitimate asset in game, like I have the ability to bounce back from mistakes. I'm, I'm good at making mistakes and I'm good at, I'm even better at bouncing back from them is because that would, that's, that's a critical part of doing, I'm going uh, explorations and expeditions where you don't know what you're going to get when you get there. You don't know if it's going to pay off. You don't know if it's going to be dangerous. You don't need, so there's an element of risk involved in playing well, the game that way. That's also that, one of the things that I really like in, in elite. I'm sorry to, to cut you off there. No, 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 uh, no. go ahead. Everything that you do in elite is based on your skill, right? Yes. My yes. personal ability as a pilot is what lets me be, you know, especially good at combat or my understanding of like what to look for with rocks lets me be a good miner. Right. Me knowing what to look for in exploration, right. You know, what kind of stars, uh, the various things that are significant uh, in exploration 
are skills that you have developed. It's not right. stats on a character sheet. Everything that we yeah. do is yeah. based on our own abilities. Yeah. It's a really, really good point. Really good point. Um, do you think, uh, do you think there's a flip side to that? Is there anything in elite that you don't participate in or you don't take advantage of for kind of the same reasons? Like that's really not something that's part of my personality makeup. I wish I could do X, but it's, it's not really something that speaks to me. Is there anything like that in, in the game for you? Um, I don't do a lot of the community stuff, uh, which I kind of, I kind of regret. I'm not big in, into doing like the community, well, the wing mining and a lot of the wing combat events. Um, I'm partially deaf. And so it makes it very hard for me to listen to a lot of people talking concurrently. Right. Um, and so like, that's a thing where like my personal, my personal issue keeps me from necessarily enjoying this particular aspect of the game. I right. find ways to work around it. I do stuff in smaller groups, but I, I don't get to do a lot of the like, 20 man raid a conflict zone kind of thing right yeah right <laughs> that makes yeah. sense I, I, I can totally appreciate that i i can't like too many voices and you you lose all of the voices i i have um yeah yeah i have issues with like lots of different background noises as well which is why most of my discord channels are all pushed to talk because if there's if i have a Mine lot too. of people in there and it's you mm-hmm, <laughs> I, I, I just cannot <laughs> I, I can't deal with it so um yeah I, I feel i feel like that as well like if i'm if i tend to do something as a group or we like if my squadron tend to do something as a group we're mostly doing it and we're mostly using um uh, we're mostly using the in-game, not the not the voice comms, but we're normally just like typing to each other because that in-game works. Text, works, yeah. works a little yeah. bit better for me. Um, uh, my only problem with doing the in-game text is it it takes my hands off of the sticks. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That is, that is the thing. So you you can't be mid combat and be doing that for sure. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> everybody freeze your ships exactly where you are Newtonian mechanics goes out the window I have something I need to type (laughs) pause I have a long winded I have a long winded thing to say (laughs) wait hang on a second I've got a speech (laughs) but the upside of it is that you know I've been able to turn it into an asset I've been able to create smaller more intimate events uh, and take one or two people and go fly and do something and just kind of like hang out and um it creates fond memories. One of my fondest memories is right before the fleet carrier patch. Mal, myself, Crispy, Sky, we all went uh, mining in. Um, yeah. I can't even remember the name of the place now. <laughs> but we uh, all went Baran. mining. Baran, yeah, in Baran. Um, and we mined and, and uh, dropped all our stuff off at the, uh, at the cell point And then the servers went down. Yep. Like that yep. was a great memory. You know, I'll yeah. cherish that for years. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, I really appreciate my invite. Thanks, guys. I was probably yep. asleep, so it's fine. I'm pretty sure you were asleep, Psychic. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad one. we decided to leave Psychic out of that oh one. Was so- oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're still here. Uh, uh, <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, you Psychic, were definitely you-, you were asleep. That was a late night. It's uh, fine. A late night event for us. Uh, I'm usually on very late, so it's usually very late in the evening or very early in the morning for you guys. And then when you're on, it's very early in the morning for me, usually when I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
It's the unfortunate uh, truth of time zones. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Try um, try co-hosting a podcast with someone on the other side of the planet. That, <clears> it's really I can only really imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah. we've probably yeah we've de- I'm pretty sure we've covered this. But um, as far as where you um spend the most of your time in the galaxy, would you say that it is now your fleet carrier that? has the, the the most of your that's your that's your permanent home now you don't have like a, a, a like a, a a static base that you would call home yeah i never had a home station okay. um before fleet carriers i was trying to figure one out and i just could never find something that worked for me so it kind of kind of defaulted to jameson memorial because that's where you default to when you don't have a home mm-hmm. uh and then fleet carriers came out i held off on buying one for the longest time i couldn't figure out a use for it then i realized that it was the thing that I was I was missing in the game. Uh, I right. didn't have a home. This was the perfect the perfect place to make a home out of. Uh, so now the crow's nest, um, ironically named, uh, is <laughs> is my home, and it weirdly enough spends most of its time in the bubble. Usually, if I'm out on an expedition, <laughs> I leave it behind. It's just it's, it's just there home, to be though. convenient yeah. to me. But it's my home. It's several yeah. other commanders' homes as well, <laughs> but. Yep. Yep, that's a. I mean, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the uh, the fact that the fleet carrier could legitimately be your, uh, be a commander's home. Like you don't have to have you don't have to be tethered to a system anymore. Yeah, you don't have to be tethered now. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my original my goal. <laughs> my original goal with the fleet carrier was actually to take a a handful of them and move them to like the farthest edge of of the galaxy somewhere right. not beagle point but somewhere else right and just have <clears> like then, a little yeah found cluster. a colony yeah. yeah it's just here's our colony we can't actually like build a base or colonize a planet or create a space station but we can sort of make this thing that is yeah. that is our own this is our our space and we'll patrol it and mine it and keep all of the resources kind of running on it yeah yeah, and if you had a, a a decent selection of fleet carriers, you could have one that's your shipyard and outfitting, one mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. specifically for. I mean, like you could you could task each carrier to a different thing, so that you didn't have to bring all the modules on every fleet carrier. You yeah, might have yeah. some duplication, but you know, and that lowers the weight, which increases the amount of available cargo in each one, so that they all become independently useful, but together they become a a base of operations it's a right. little more city the, in space more than the sum of their parts right the other right. idea that we had in regards to that because you know having the commodities available it's nice was that we would actually keep commodities uh water food uh, a few other things and burn them off um at a rate of i think nice. like a ton a day yeah uh, yeah. So that we had a reason to go back and forth from the bubble to go get new commodities or to find nice. somewhere potentially to go and get those commodities yeah um, it never came to fruition. They started doing uh, more announcements around uh, Odyssey and, and all that. Right. New Horizons, I believe, at the time. Uh, right. And I was like, well, I want to wait and see what happens with this first. I don't want to be all yeah. the way on the other side of the galaxy <laughs> uh, when they announce something really cool that I'm going to want to be back right. in the bubble for. Um, and I'm kind of glad for it. I, I've I've done other things since then. This was all pre, you know, pre-becoming a a knowledge seeker and looking for lore originally i just wanted to be an explorer and, and do role play yeah um, and I'm, I'm glad that i yeah. i held off on it because I've, I've found this wonderful niche um 
you know, digging yeah. into the setting and, and, and trying to like pull apart the puzzles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You want to do Sorry. next psychic or can, can do. I just, I am, I guess it again. I'm really enjoying hearing how much, how much you I'm having, are so yeah. passionate about, um, about law and stuff. It's really, it's so interesting. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm having it's to, I'm a hopefully, different perspective. Yeah. I'm having to actively like keep all of my windows closed and keep my, keep myself turned away and like pay it to, and then like turn back around and open up the, you know, the liner notes for the show, because I'm like, <laughs> I get, I'm getting so focused. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, you could oh, yeah, do that. No, we're we're oh, supposed to be recording you, a podcast right now. That kind of thing. Right. Right. <laughs> we're not hatching conspiracies today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other show. Uh, yeah. And hopefully I'm not coming across as, as terribly one dimensional. Nope. It is a thing that I'm incredibly pa- uh, passionate about. No, and you can, do, and no, it tells it's, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's honestly yeah. a beautiful thing. Anyway, <laughs> so, so after that, after that little intermission sort of thing, yes, do it. <laughs> intermission is over. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, when when you run into any sort of trouble in game, be it just not knowing how to do something or anything like that, is there any anyone in specific that you turn to? Uh, I turn to a lot of people. The, the Twitch community in general is is very helpful. I've got a couple of uh, regular people who show up on the channel. I can usually ask uh, anybody in chat and they'll give me an answer. They don't have an answer. I'll, you know, Google is always a, a great resource. Well, it's, it's hit or miss, but uh, it's not a bad resource. <laughs> it's there, um, you know? Worst case scenario, you know, I, I go out to, to people like you guys and ask questions. Hey, have you seen this thing? Have you ever heard of this? Uh, Right. I'm trying to find this thing. You know, who should I talk to? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know a lot of the commanders that come before are, are incredibly useful, yeah. incredibly useful resources. I think yeah. if it, a lot of the um, a lot of the commanders that I turn to as well, that if they if they don't know the answer, they will either know where to find it or be able mm-hmm. to point me in the direction of somebody who will know the answer. Um, we we yeah. all kind of um like a lot of us know what each person sort of like specializes in sort of like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of bgs advice let's go to psychic or go to the bgs discord <laughs> and those kind of things or let's go to um if i need any law advice i know where i'm bloody turning that's for sure right <laughs> <laughs> I can only point you in the right direction. Yeah, uh uh we're changing your. I I know you love Grinning Crow, but we're going to have to change your name to Lore Master Crow. Lore Master Crow. Uh, A couple of people have have started calling me Lore Master. It's actually a title that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Okay, Um, I'm flattered. I'm actually flattered, but it implies a a, an understanding of of the universe that I don't think anybody can can really achieve. Uh, I like to think of myself as more of a. uh, a lore seeker, maybe, maybe a seeker of knowledge, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. A knight errant even, uh, <laughs> which gets on a whole other the, diatribe. Uh, anachronism. I like it. <laughs> I have this um, whole thing about, um, the grail and Raxla. Um, we yes. can get into in an, in an entirely different interview if you want. <laughs> that's that's funny. I I've actually made that pair. I made that uh, comparison. And gosh, who was it? It may have been Malik Malik VR stream mm-hmm. um, that I mentioned something. And like chat jumped on me like a bunch of hungry piranha on a. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was like I was completely unprepared for like all the people who had ideas and theories about that. And I was like, okay, back slowly away towards the door <laughs> and <laughs> slowly away. I may be yep. onto something. I may be massively outclassed here. <laughs> yes, exactly. We should. Well, we should definitely talk about that because I'm, I'm interested to hear what your uh, anytime what your thoughts uh, and anytime you want to do. It's still kind of a half baked theory. I really should go back and, you know, do some more more reading into yep. the Arthurian myth and a little bit more reading into the whole Raxa thing. It's actually one of the things I'm, I'm sort of avoiding uh, reading lore on right now because everybody right. focuses that way. Yeah, have I've, I've done, done the same thing. I'm, the I have not turned the wheel. Um, I have some theories on uh, the dark wheel. Um, and so I've been really, really torn on whether or not I want to, to turn the wheel. Um, I've kind of come to a point that it's, it's Pascal's wager. Uh, so I will be turning the wheel uh, a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, I could go into a, go a lot more detail <laughs> if you want, but we may also be here for an hour while I go on about it. <laughs> Uh, i would oddly be kind of okay with that but um (laughs) it would make editing a bit of a nightmare but i'd still be okay with it (laughs) uh the the Um, short of it is that i don't believe that the dark wheel as as presented is the actual dark wheel i believe it's a lure by another another organization that's that it's it's interesting that you say that because that's kind of part of the lore is that yeah yeah, exactly. There will, there will be many imposters and there will be people you think are the dark wheel that aren't that take on our name and try to do something in our our guys. But supposedly that's also part of figuring out who the dark wheel actually is. Like through right, that, right. we will get we will get information on on and who that's the where, real that's where the whole Santa Pascal's wager thing comes from. Right. So yeah. yep. if I turn the wheel and it turns out to be the right thing, then I turned the wheel and I helped and I helped the dark wheel. Right. Um, if I turn the wheel and it turns out to not be that thing, since I've already been pretty vocal about, Hey, I don't think this is the thing. I still get to t- get to have that moment of kind of, I told you so. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> not, not to be, not to be a jerk about it. Just kind of like a, Oh, Hey, this was my theory. And it turns out it was correct, but test your theories, right. seek to disprove them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So is it, is it, uh, is it that kind of, uh, that sort of puzzle, that sort of, uh, duality of discovery that keeps you coming back to the game, um, that keeps you logging in day after day, or is there something else that drives your desire to like open up the launcher and press that button to get back in the cockpit? Um, it, it really is an itch that I just can't scratch. Um, I love the simulation aspects of it. I love being a, uh, a spaceship pilot. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that I've wanted uh, to be ever since I was five years old, except for like that one or two year when I wanted to be three garbage men. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the big puzzle aspect of it, uh, the fact that it is an augmented reality puzzle you're having to use, or at least previously we've had to use other tools to, to uncover portions of it. You know, the hidden signals right. in mm-hmm. the various Thargoid devices, uh, the having to puzzle through like Morse code, uh, realizing the Morse code is actually binary, converting the binary to decimal, using the decimal to get uh, actual words and letters, realizing that right. that is, you know, a Caesar cipher. That's a Caesar and we shift. Need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we need the, you know, the code word. What's the code word? Um, yeah. Like that level of intricacy is, is one of those things that's always been, um, 
always been something that I really appreciate. I love the fiddly bits of of various things. Why I'm in the profession that I'm in. It's why I play yeah. the games that I play. It's it's <laughs> why I learn the skills that I learn. As I mm. really appreciate the intricacy of detail. Yeah. Nice. So, when <laughs> if you were to go back to your very first day playing Elite Dangerous. And give yourself one piece of advice as a brand new commander. What do you think that would be? Five billion credits is not worth it. <laughs> it's the simplest piece of advice, uh, but five billion credits isn't worth it. I, I really thought that like the money was going to matter uh, more than it ended up mattering for me. You know, I, I wanted to do the fleet carrier. Then I realized what the fleet carrier was and then I wasn't going to do it. And then I felt bad because I had like 5 billion credits going around, you know, floating around in my bank account <laughs> and it didn't, you know, it, it removes a certain aspect of the play for me. Um, right. There is no fear of death. Yeah. In that case, yep. I lose a ship or whatever. I lose a ship. I can just go buy another one. I get a fine, whatever I lose a fine. You know, I get a fine. I go pay it off and I can still use the system. Uh, I've actually been much happier now having the fleet carrier, this giant thing that I just keep shuffling money into and keeping myself under about a hundred million credits because I've got enough safety net to do random things, but it actually feels like I have to to strive to do things in the universe again. I feel uh, almost that firefly Mm. sense of, you know, get a crew, find a job, keep flying. Yeah. Right. Um, Right. Anything you can do to stay in the air. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I do a little training, no I do a little missions, space. I do, you know, I do a little bit of this and a little bit of that uh, just to keep the the running costs up. Turns out that like flying, you know, 10,000 light years outside the bubble is pretty profitable. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but uh, guess what? Exploration <laughs> does pay off. <laughs> it's not the fastest way, but it is it is quite profitable. Um, yes. And, and enjoyable, too. So it's really fun. Yeah. That, that's probably the thing that I would, I would go back and tell myself is like, don't mining is fun. It's a very Zen activity, but you don't need to focus on, on the money, get yourself to where yeah. you can get the ship kind of a ship that you want and kind of the order that you want it to. And then go find, go find your fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like that phrase. Go find your fun. <laughs> That's the, uh, that's the best. This is a giant choose your own adventure galaxy and you're going to get lost. There's so many things you can do, but don't worry about it because one day you'll figure out what you're going to do. We could have summed all that up with go find your fun. <laughs> yeah. The other one that I like to use often is it's a great big simulation. Um, nothing is spoon fed to you. You will have to find your own spoon. Oh, hmm. man. <laughs> Whoa, you're spoiling us. <laughs> Uh, but it's true. Um, you know, people talk about the game being, you know, 10 miles wide and one inch deep. It's not one inch deep. It's 10 fathoms deep. You just have right. to have a spoon. Mm. Yeah. 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 you got to go find it. You're right. There is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually you will realize that you are the spoon. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> and, so um, we've, We've had Pascal and we've had, this has been the philosophy stream. Yeah, man. The, the philosophy discussion that I did not expect. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of dig it. <laughs> That's funny because I never really considered myself to be much of a, of a, a philosophy, philosophy buff, but. <laughs> but guess what? We've, we've proved today that this yeah. is grinning crow philosophy buff. <laughs> Lore seeker. <laughs> Lore seeker. In a world 
no, Mal, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of going backwards now, going forwards, is there anything that you particularly want from Odyssey that we don't know about? Oh, there's so many things that I want from Odyssey that we don't know about. Uh, I would love to see like some form of archaeology, like some kind of of being a person going and doing exploration. Um, even if it's just like a simple like little mini game where I'm like dusting uh, an artifact or something to get an item, I'd love to see something like that in the game. Uh, the other thing I'd love to see in the game, emotes. I want to see emotes. Since we're going to be oh, yeah. able to potentially interact with each other at mission hubs, I would like to be able to do things like wave or sigh or lay down on the ground, you know, bleeding out. Uh, those things that kind of help facilitate role play. Uh, I think it's a fantastic opportunity yeah. for for bringing more of that into the game. Mm. That's a really good point. I hadn't even thought about that. That's um, why I really hope that mission hubs are a thing that you can put on fleet carriers. Because I want to yes. borrow my fleet carrier. I'll oh completely change the game that I'm playing if I could have a bar on my fleet carrier. I'd be a truck stop yes. in between here and Colonia. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'd be happy doing that for the rest of rest of my time yep. in Elite. Yep. It's funny how one <laughs> tiny change to game mechanics, uh, we're adding a bar module to fleet carriers. Ah, totally different game. Totally different game. Can Good I man go. the bar? Can I man yep. the bar? <laughs> can I can I be the bartender, please? And do you, and then do you have to go out and find recipes for different drinks that oh, you can make? Like, that would be so much fun for this. Even if it was just like <laughs> keeping the commodities on hand, X tons of liquor, X tons of like rare commodities. Yes. Even that would be fun. Yeah. Oh gosh. That would, that would be exciting. Okay. Now my brain is spinning. It's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> the truck stop halfway between Colonia and I'm like, yeah. And, and there could be truck stops all over. Like my, the, the, my fleet carrier could be a truck stop out in like Kepler's mm-hmm. crest. And like, and then we start a squadron and it's a chain. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's a, cha- <laughs> it's and a chain. We could bring chain other people box. into franchise. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> but that would be oh amazing. Right? And I'm not going <laughs> to You've got the DSSA and then you've got the, uh, I don't know, the McDonald's of space. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. You can't go anywhere. Space arches. You can't go um, 20 light years without coming across a McDonald's of space. <laughs> or, or, or if you're, if you're in the Southern U S that's, that's waffle house. There's a waffle, Ooh, house waffle house everywhere. Why not waffles in space? Ooh, space waffles. <laughs> space waffles. Hmm. Yeah, this is um, definitely taking a turn. <laughs> yep, now we're talking about food, so I'm going to have to go get some uh, some dinner real quick, and it's probably going to be waffles. Um, so uh, outside of the things that, that you're hoping for from Odyssey in the future, do you have any current projects you're working on that we can kind of look forward to? Uh, yes. Um, I have a YouTube channel that I'm, I'm working on uh, doing. It will be... Um, a breakdown of the lore that we know. So uh, the idea is that I'll go and take the sound samples from uh, each of the logs, uh, do the site, uh, do like you know an artistic flyover, fly through that kind of thing. Uh, do a highlight of where all of the log uh, sections are. Listen through the logs, and then at the end, if there's anything else, like uh, some sites have like random events that occur. Uh, right. You know, go through the variations of those things, sort of like a tutorial slash uh, analysis. Um, 
at the end of it, you know, if there's anything else like hidden, uh, hidden sounds in the logs or things like that, you know, listen through those and then give the, uh, the analysis, you know, what questions got answered in this series of stories, what, uh, what questions got presented, that kind of thing. Uh, right. it's kind of the, uh, the, the, the idea that I'm working with right now, it's just finding the time between flying across the universe and exploring the bubble to also film those things. I only have yeah. one account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That will change. Don't worry. You've only been playing since February. That will change. That will um, change. It might. It might not. I, I I go back and forth on it. I said very early on that I wanted to do everything as one account. Um, right. It keeps me immersed in the game. Uh, I yeah. may end up having to make another account just so that I have the something for the, a, a player group for the stream community because I'd like to keep the player right. group for the stream community separate from my own uh, my own personal player group. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Not that I have any problem with anybody, you know, being in it, but just I like having that kind of separation between yeah work and like my personal playtime. Yeah. 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 No, that makes a lot of sense. I have I have something similar with there's a dogs of lore group and there's a mouth of the wing group and yeah, you're right actually, now you're they're all people befuddled and mixed for together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always been the PA group as well, and then uh, that, and you, you know, I, I, you're speaking to two people who absolutely <laughs> can appreciate. Absolutely. That I figured, sure. I figured this was good, good company to talk about it. I do have yes. another project in the works. I can't talk about it yet. Uh, yes. I'm still trying to get other uh, everybody on board, timing and all of that worked out. Um, but I do have a tabletop RPG project that will be elite dangerous focused. Yes, uh, also in the works. Uh, that is very well, exciting. That was an excited noise. It's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were on my short list, but I know that you are massively overcommitted, right? Now. No, no, man, I can make time. I can I can make time for that. Um, I always I always have time for RPGs. You're you're released from your contractual no, you know obligations for no, everything I, I else. I will. I I need sleep. I can. I, we can do it. We can do this. I am. I love, I, let I, me I let me work time. out all the details. Yeah, let me quick out all the details and I'll crap. talk to you. Yep. Uh, I still need to go through and read the books because <laughs> okay. uh, there's a few of them. Um, and just between doing research for, for the streams, between doing my own personal, you know, personal joy reading, work, streaming, playing the game at least some, <laughs> sometime. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's hard to find, hard to carve it's out all the lot. time right now. <laughs> yes. So time is we're, we're, we're touching on RPGs. <laughs> Um, and mm-hmm. for um, for those of you, just to make you guys aware, um, before we we started recording, we spent a good twenty minutes talking to each other about how much we love D anD D. Yep. And <laughs> role playing games in general, tabletop um, RPGs in general. Um, is there anything else that you play when you're not playing Elite? Um, lately, not as much because of uh, because of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. I. I like to do a lot of uh, in-person role-playing because I do a lot of narrative-based uh, games. Uh, Hillfolk is one of my favorite games. It involves absolutely no dice. Okay. Um, nice. It's, it's a very interesting uh, role-playing game. It's a really good introduction to a more narrative style. Um, but there's, certain, there's like a certain amount of like interaction that's kind of required, and you don't necessarily get the same, the same energy, the same feel. Um, from behind the sc- uh, behind the screen, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, but there's a there's a whole host of of tabletop RPGs that I'm a huge fan of. Western games, you know, 
uh, Star Wars. Uh, I actually quite like Traveler. Um, there's a few oh, others Traveler. that I, you know, if I start li- listing them all, I'll start feeling bad because I'm going to, I'm going to forget one. <laughs> <laughs> one will feel left out and write you a letter and be like, exactly, you exactly. On the podcast <laughs> you didn't mention us. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, there's just not enough hours in the week to do all the, to do all the, uh, the RPGs and the games and, and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think it's time for lightning round. It is. Yeah. Oh man. I think we're, is it I lightning think we're round there. already. It's lightning okay. round already. Yeah. <laughs> so we throw, <laughs> we throw this in at the end. It's like, uh, it's just for fun. Uh, but, uh, these are all elite dangerous short answer style questions. Okay. So try to try to throw out like the first thing that comes into your mind really. And, um, and, uh, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get started. Fire it will. Okay. Favorite ship. Great Phantom. Least favorite ship. Anaconda. Best ship. Great Phantom. Worst ship. Asp Scout. Favorite station. Ooh, any of the asteroid bases. Gotcha. Uh, favorite system. Uh... I don't have a I don't have the name for that one. <laughs> okay. No worries. Um true or false, there's a free anaconda at Hudden Orbital. Uh I'm gonna say true, but it's actually false. <laughs> <laughs> um Alliance, Federation, Empire, or Independent? Independent every day. Yep. Uh favorite power play leader. Ooh, there are a lot of really good ones. It's a tie for me between Leon Rui, uh Grom and Arkandalini. I'm leaning towards Arkandalini here recently. Ooh, nice. Um, if you run out of gas, do you call the fuel rats or do you suicide? Fuel rats every time. Uh, same sort of question. Low hole. Hole seals? Keep going and hope for the best or suicide? Repair limpets. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? There's a free fleet carrier at Beagle Point. Uh, yes, there is a free fleet carrier. Oh, no, sorry. It's false. Uh, it's actually at Sagittarius A-Star. You need the free Anaconda from Hutton Orbital to get it. Uh, to unlock it. Gotcha. Uh, Thargoids, friend or foe? Remains to be seen, but it's a lot easier to study than when you're not being shot at. That's true. And finally, flight assist, on or off? Uh, I vacillate, but rapidly on this one. Uh, situation dictates. Good job. That's it. Nice. Lightning round complete. <laughs> is there anything, Crow, is there anything today that we haven't covered that you would like to talk about? Oh, I mean, there's there's about a billion things. Uh, actually, <laughs> I've got a question for both of you. Um, sure. What is your favorite lore site so far? Or what is your favorite story in Elite so far? I'm so, mm, I am so green. Is concerned. I will say because um there are I, I I must admit I haven't been to the site that's next door, but I will say because of the emotion that it evokes, Jameson Crash Cobra. Oh, beautiful story, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. And um I like I mentioned like showing my sister it earlier. Um, it even listening to her talk about it made me choked up, and I, yeah. it's it's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's te- testament to 
um, how good the storytelling is in um, this game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, I don't know if this is, if, if, if this is an acceptable answer, but I'm going to say um, generation chips and not, (laughs) not a specific one, but (laughs) right. But, but that's kind of my point is what I like about the generation chips wasn't necessarily one storyline that really spoke to me. What spoke to me was the fact that you had all of these groups of people with a common origin point, mm-hmm. both from a species and a cultural perspective and a technology perspective. And when you sent them out in different directions, you could see the divergence based on just the, the circumstances and and individuals that happened to be on each ship drastically changed what happened. And made each one feel completely unique. Yeah, um, I agree with you. One of the other things that I really like with the generation ships is 77,000 generation ships were sent out. Mm-hmm. We only heard stories from 16 and it's pretty safe to say yeah. that the rest of them made it to their destinations. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was, a, when I was doing, I did a short, like uh lore tour of the generation ships and that's what people kept saying. They kept saying, when are we going to find the rest of them? And, and I was like, I think we already have. We have. That's the, the bubble. They're the settlements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine is a specific uh, generation ship. It's called Whispers and Ghosts. Oh, don't oh. spoil it. Don't spoil it, boys. I, can't, I will not so spoil good. it. I can't be it's, having you doing that because I want to so go and good. visit them. <laughs> it, it is really good. It is chilling. Really? Yes. It is a chilling yep. story. Yeah. Yep. It's really, really, really good. Uh, I'm trying the- it's so hard not to <laughs> say anything without spoilers. Thanks, guys. Like, this is lovely. This is this is great. Well, thanks very much for being yep. <laughs> quick, Seriously. quick. Cut transmission. Cut transmission. <laughs> uh, welcome to my problem doing all of the research, right? It's like I want right. to know more, but I've got to wait. Uh the other question that I, I like asking a lot of people is uh, you know, as as a society of explorers, what is the one thing that you would love to be the first person to find? A ring off like still haven't found one i just want to find a ring ring to earth like oh that would be great yeah um man i that's something i had not even thought about um i what i would like to find is i i would like to find whether it's current or it's long since passed away i would like to find evidence of some other form of life in the galaxy that's not human guardian or thargoid that would be really cool it, like, there's a theory some, that it might some, don't exist some evidence that it's not just the three of us <laughs> that would be really <laughs> nice that's it that's all yeah. i got those those are those are my questions uh my my answer is pretty pretty mundane uh i would like to find a uh a new um guardian settlement type like oh, a guardian nice. city or something i think that would be really cool uh which a ties into kind of a larger goal out. i'd love to find the lost guardian tribe yes that's a good one that's a really good one that's so cool i'd love to uh, yeah <laughs> yeah man now, the how wheels cool are to be just still turning yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how cool to be to find just like a like a, a a giant sprawling settlement on some arid world that would be so yeah so freaky 
Yeah, it would it would be completely unique and and unlike anything we've seen so far, with maybe some nods to the Guardian, uh, like to the to the to the um, ruins ancient the ruins and yeah, stuff. Yeah, um, some nods in the architecture, but just lots oh of yeah, blue, that would be man. great. Lots of blue. <laughs> lots of blue. Well, <laughs> that's very true, though. I mean, lots of blue, lots of floating bits. It is beautiful, yeah. like that architecture and those sort of like everything that that happens um when you when you activate a guardian even guardian beacon guardian um yep. site and all of that it's it's a beautiful thing so um yeah. i'd like to, yeah if we if there was another guardian site or an, a different type of guardian city i'd love to see like all of that replicated with all of the the blue and the the triangle the triangles that all sort of like test like, and lights and everything mm. yeah yep absolutely yep. Uh, funny story yes, still haven't been to a guardian site <laughs> really uh, it's, it's one of my next big uh, jumps is to go and do the Guardian culture as a whole. I tend to think of my uh, my explorations as story arcs. Right, right. Uh, so we're still wrapping up um, uh, humanity and the Thargoids. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a That's long cool. one because there's so much of it. <laughs> humanity, humanity is not to be trusted. I'm just going to put that out there. Well, we're... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're flawed, man. That's all it is. uh, Yeah, we're we're a messed up little species. That's for sure. But we are human. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But even in the future, you know, even in this fictional future, we're still very human. It's not necessarily the idealized utopia of like Star Trek or, you know, um, or the apocalyptic future of like Battlestar Galactica. It's it's somewhere in between. Yep. It's a, it feels to me like a much more realistic of uh, approximation of the future just because you have that wide spectrum of human behavior mm-hmm. that's it, it's not locked into everybody is great, everybody is terrible, everybody's somewhere in between. It's like, no, there are people who are great, people who are terrible, and people in between because humans. Mm. That's you got to have you got to have the full spectrum. We're never going to we're never going to homogenize, I don't think, in in our behaviors. There's always yeah, going to be a wide range of what people like to do, what they don't like to do, what they think, what they feel, what they believe. Um, it's, it's what makes us interesting and in a weird way, redeemable. Yeah, it's it's a wide wide aspect or wide range of of interests. Uh, it's what makes humans so particularly interesting. Uh, that exactly. and the fact that we uh, our solution to everything seems to be explosions. Yes, yes, this is true. So, if anyone wants to see or wants to get involved with you, Crow, and these discoveries that you're making, these. Uh, these expeditions that you're going on to kind of uncover the lore as you discover it in game, um, plug your stuff. Where, where do people go to find you? Sure. Uh, catch me on Twitter at grinning underscore crow. I post my schedule well in advance of, uh, of when I go live and generally give you an idea of what I'm doing for the day. You can also find me on discord at grinning underscore crow and keep an eye out on my YouTube at grinning underscore crow. I also have a discord, but the link is not something that's human readable. (laughs) (laughs) It never is. Um, (laughs) Cool. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. 
Oh, thank you yeah. guys for having me. Well, I can certainly say that that answered all of my questions that I needed answering <laughs> about law. Holy balls, man. What a... What a vast wealth of knowledge. Right? Um, in, yeah. Especially in a relatively short time of playing the game. What a vast yeah. wealth of knowledge that he has about all of that lore and the information. I'm um, I'm very excited to see where he where he takes this and if there are any discoveries that he makes himself for sure. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely think if he, if, if he and his community keep moving in the direction that he is where um, it's taking that sciencey, let's see what we can discover approach to the lore yeah. and not just like, Oh, I'm going to go visit all of the things people have already found. Like yeah. he's going to find, you're right. He's going to find new stuff and he's going to discover new things. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but it it will happen. Like Absolutely. there's, there's, and it's going to be amazing to watch that happen live. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that happen. I mean, um, maybe, maybe he discovers something big along, along the way. Maybe it's Raxler. Maybe it's not Raxler, but maybe it's Raxler. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I feel. I feel like he's perfectly capable of doing it, though. Perfect, like has the yeah. um, capable. That sounds. That sounds a bit. Um, a bit bad, but like, it, like he. If anyone's going to going to find something like that um it's it's gonna take the level of of dedication that yes um yeah that grinning crow is putting in that it's that kaizen has put into the game you know those kind yeah. of like that dedication is very um really really interesting really interesting yeah. and um yeah and, and hard to come by yeah oh yeah for yeah. sure that yeah. that that particular passion towards the law side, I don't think it's really shared by a lot of commanders. So yeah. um yeah, I'm really, really interested to see what turns up on the back of, of the stuff that he's doing, on the back of the stuff that a lot of the other law hunters are doing. It's really interesting. So you can browse episodes and check more information about the podcast at our website, flightassistpodcast.com. And you can stay up to date by following us on Twitter at flightassist underscore ED. That's right. Remember, this podcast is all about you all, commanders and communities. We'd love to hear the questions you want us to ask our guests. And if you're an Elite Dangerous commander who wants to be a guest on the podcast, or if you want to nominate a commander to be our guest, we need to know about that too. Send us your questions and your information on Twitter by tagging flightassist underscore ED, by email to info at flightassistpodcast.com, via our Discord at discord.io forward slash flightassistpodcast, or by dropping us a line using the contact form on the website. Until next week, this is Commander Psychit. And Commander Mal for the win. Handing the controls back to you. Flight Assist off. <laughs> <laughs>